Welcome one and all to episode 143 of the original Giraffe Breakdown Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Cox. With me tonight, my co-host, Justin Higdon. And Justin, the final four is set. And in one corner, you've got the drafted uh, franchise quarterbacks. And in the other corner, you've got the... Well, what would you call the NFC West and their and their traded for quarterbacks? The, well, the rescue call, the rescue team. Yeah, I mean, I would call one of them one of them good, and the other one kind of a stopgap at this point because yeah, Matthew Stafford's a stopgap. Yeah, <laughs> but amazingly, Jimmy Garoppolo, they acquire him for you know a bunch of picks. Uh, he he's now about he's on the brink of taking them to the second Super Bowl for him. Like that would be crazy, because it was a year ago they traded three picks to move up and uh, take Trey Lance. So I mean it's very strange circumstances. And I think if I get the feeling though, if San Francisco makes the Super Bowl, that Shanahan has some maybe maybe has something in store for Lance in that game. Yeah, and that's something we'll get to as we get a little closer. Justin and I uh, will be enjoying the Super Bowl um, in in what beautiful Las Vegas. So it should be a fun time. But uh, for now, we get ready for well the All Star Week, and we've got plenty to talk about when you look at these upcoming prospect all-star games and the first one and and the big one that you and i have kind of been talking about quite a bit is the shrine bowl right yeah actually the the first one we're going to see the nfl pa bowl this weekend on saturday but the shrine bowl also starts up their practices toward the end of the week so today today on on this show we're going to talk about some some shrine bowl storylines and then catch us on the patreon show later this week We'll go through some of the players to watch in the NFL PA Bowl this weekend, and we'll also go into more depth about the Shrine Bowl. So big all-star week starting out. They're here uh, hot on their tail. The Senior Bowl is going to be starting up next week, and we'll talk about that on next week's show. So we're going to have a few shows here loaded with prospect names and and guys you should know. Yeah, we're going to start with the Shrine Bowl and – you know, we we always start with quarterbacks just because that's the hottest topic. And and this is one we've discussed before. And so I think it's fair that we, you know, we give him a little little love, but also ask some questions. And, and it starts with De'Aaron King, right? And six-year senior, multiple knee injuries. He's going to come in sub-six foot. Some are wondering if he comes in under 5'10". Um I don't even know if his height matters anymore because of how sapped he is athletically at this point. Right. When he came to Miami, I think that when he transferred from Houston to Miami, I think people had high hopes. Um, He played well there initially. He got hurt again and then started off the season, didn't play too well, and ultimately he gets benched. So, um, But still, as you go into the Shrine Bowl this weekend – He's going to be one of the bigger name quarterbacks that we're going to see there. And there are some other interesting names. We'll talk about at least one of them uh, coming up on, on the Patreon show. But King is a player who 
we've seen in the past where a quarterback of small stature can boost his stock at the Shrine Bowl. Uh, notice, notably, Vernon Adams. I mean, boost his stock among draft nicks, that is. Deer King is a player, I think, who could have a good week of practices and could have some people buzzing about him because people have, have not seen him much this year. And if you look back to his Houston years, he seemed like a pretty dynamic player. And he seemed like a player who was on track to to uh, earn that argument of, does his height matter? Is he still uh, an NFL prospect? But the problem is, like you said, Seth, I think the injuries have sapped him of a lot of what made him special earlier in his career. And I think now you're dealing with a guy who's played six years of college football. So he's not, he's not an up-and-comer. He's got injury history. He's dealing with ha- uh, spending a lot of this year on the bench. So De'Aaron King... I'm not sure that he really has an NFL future, but this is the week where he, if he performs well, he'll at least get a look. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I just, he's he was an intriguing guy from a backup perspective um, until the injuries kind of just took away all of that. And that, you know, for me... That just makes it tough to watch because you know what he used to be, right? And he is it, it, it I mean, I shouldn't say he is. He was a shell of his former self this year in Miami. Um, you know, we'll see where we'll see where he ends up and how he ends up, but right now I don't have really high hopes for him getting drafted just because of what we've seen from him. Um, you have to go back like four seasons to 2018. That was the year he, he really had a great year, almost 3,000 yards passing, 36 touchdowns, only six picks. But that seems like ancient history. He had 674 rushing yards, 14 touchdowns. There, there were glimpses of that in his first year at Miami. But again, another injury, and that really sets him back. So I think maybe now that he's had a lot of time to, to you know, work out, to rest, maybe we'll see some of that back. It's going to be interesting. It's a big week for him in practice. There's no question about it. A lot of his, his future hinges on this, whether it's in, in the NFL or some other professional league. There's a there's quite a few guys that have a lot to gain um, heading into this game. Some of these names are interesting, man, and I think it's the I think it's the Shrine game is giving guys that kind of went in with big expectations that maybe didn't live up to the hype that opportunity to show out a little bit. Uh, Jackson Kirkland is an offensive lineman from from Washington. The entire UW program really struggled this year right like this was they fired their head coach jimmy lake it's just it's kind of been in shambles since chris peterson walked away kirkland if you go back to august was being mocked in in the top you know 32 in in some drafts um yeah even earlier top 15 maybe and and now you've got him where you know there's a lot of questions I, i i don't even know how else to put it um, when you look at it from that perspective, 
how much can he gain this week? Is it just about him showing that athletic ability that he had that he was, you know, maybe missing this year? Well, when you look back at our Pac-12 preview, he's a player that I've speculated for a while would have to move from tackle to guard. So this week offers him an opportunity to see, to show scouts that he can hang at, at offensive tackle because that's where, you know, he's got the experience in college, obviously. That's probably, you know, where he, you know, guards are getting paid big bucks these days too, but offensive tackles are always going to get paid a little bit more, have a little bit more premium placed on them, uh, even when it comes to draft capital. But uh, the other thing, he, he had a couple of uh, – he missed a couple games with injuries. He was a little dinged up. You got tape against Michigan that wasn't very good. He struggled. I thought he struggled pretty. Uh, I won't say mightily. That might be a little bit exaggerating, but he, he struggled a bit with Aiden Hutchinson, David Ajabo. But that's going to be the case with a lot of offensive line prospects in this draft. So I think the big thing that scouts are going to want to see from Kirkland is he healthy? Can he stay healthy throughout the week of practice and the game? Can he hang at offensive tackle? Or, you know, maybe he just performs very well at guard where I think he can play. I mean, I think that's kind of where his build and athleticism fit the best. Uh, so this would be an opportunity for him to show out there. He's a player, like you said, got mocked in the first round. We thought that was too high back then. Now he's a Shrine, Shrine Bowl guy, which probably means he's third round or later. And... This is a chance for him to improve his stock, get into that date, that late day two range. I'm not sure that I would take him there, but this is a good, you know, offensive linemen always tend to catch people's eyes during these practices. Another guy that you and I liked coming into this year, and now I think we've almost overcorrected Ty Freifogel. I mean, this guy was the big wide receiver of the year in 2020, and I get that it was a year you know a down year um in terms of play all the guys that were playing and things of that nature but he he had over 19 and a half yards per reception and seven touchdowns in 2020 this year he was down to 11 yards per reception only one touchdown we talked about it michael Penix jr struggled this year i don't think there's any other way to say it and and you know when you're wide receiver that can affect what you're able to do. Um, I, I'm i still a big Freifogel fan. I think in the right round, at the right system, he's a guy that can, that can produce for you. But it's, I mean, it's hard to come off a year like that and expect to be, you know, in, in this good of a class. It's really unfortunate looking back, you know, playing Monday morning quarterback, that guy who had almost 1,000 yards, uh, like you said, 19, almost 20 yards a catch, seven touchdowns. He was he had a ridiculous like three or four game stretch where he had over 700 yards. Uh, he was dominant against Ohio State that year, and he didn't declare. He came back. He wanted a, a, Indiana looked like a team on the rise. And Freifogel and some of the other seniors on that team decided to come back, give it a shot. They thought they had a shot at the Big Ten, and they didn't. So he went from Big Ten Player of the Year, or off, I mean, Wide Receiver of the Year, to to an afterthought. 
even among Big Ten wide receivers. The thing is, he's still a six foot two, two hundred fifteen pound guy. We'll see the official weigh-ins later this week, but um, you know he he has a good run after the catch ability. He's good on contested catches. In twenty twenty, he was getting deep a lot. I'm not sure he has that kind of speed, but we saw Cooper Cup get deep at the end of the game the the other day, and he ran a four six two coming out of college. So. And he, oh, by the way, he had a great all-star game circuit that propelled him into day two. He's granted more productive player in college. Fry Fogel, I think he's going to be a day three player. I think at this stage in the evaluation, I mean, I'm not, I'm sorry, I misstated, not my evaluation, but in this, at this stage in the draft process, I think he's probably being looked at as a late day three player. But I like him, like like you said, the size is there, run after the catch. There's a lot to like about him, and you can attribute a lot of the lack of production this year to the quarterback issues they had. You know, Penix was terrible. Then they they had, uh, and he's ultimately ended up transferring. They had some injury issues there. They had to they were playing some musical chairs at quarterback at one point. They had their fourth string quarterback playing. Tough, tough situation, and it didn't do him any favors to come back. It's unfortunate because. I always, we always are supportive of whatever a guy decides, whether he wants to come out or come back to school. Unfortunately, this didn't work out for Fry Fogel. Guy that was a huge recruit, and now he has been a guy that, I, I mean, you hate to say disappointed, but just, um, I guess, didn't live up to the expectations and the hype. That's the best way to put it. Bubba Bolden is the safety for Miami. Um, like I said, I think I think there was expectations from him, and then he just never really lived up to them. Um, and now he goes to the Shrine game. That's why I said it's kind of the reclamation project game this year because these are some names that they normally don't get, but. I think it's because partially they just struggled so much this year, right? Like Bolden didn't force any turnovers. He's a fine player, but he just never, I mean, he was a four-star recruit that went to uh, USC before flipping to Miami. He was supposed to be the next big thing and, and literally and figuratively I mean you're talking about a guy that's 6'3 205 pounds you know he, he moves well um, and he just never I mean he never really lived up to the hype um, two career interceptions only six career passes defense we we tend to forgive guys that are safeties right for, for those low numbers so like last year was his, his career season with four total, you know, hands-on footballs thing, and then he forced four fumbles. That that if he had if he had basically backed that up this year, I think you're talking about a, a day two type of guy with his um, size and athleticism. You know, we saw what was it Divine Diablo? Was that the guy's name? Right, uh, from last year. Tech. Yeah, last year didn't he go in the top one hundred? And they had him, they moved him to linebacker. He's a little bigger guy. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit bigger. But I mean, you see these guys that aren't ultra, ultra productive, but that, that have that size and, and speed uh, combo get, you know, they usually get 
picked up, but like, I, I mean, I don't even know how to describe this year for him. Uh, I mean, injury prone, not injury prone, but it's just, you know, injuries, missed time, uh, everything dropped. He just didn't look like the same type of guy. And, and Miami did, just didn't have a good year overall. So, yeah, it's, and it's I mean, that happens. Down effect. Yeah, exactly. That happens, right? And, yeah, and then I mean, all of a sudden. Similar to Indiana, like what we talked about with Freifogel. You have this this team that has expectations coming in, and, and early on it, it becomes evident they're not going to meet those expectations. You have coaches on the hot seat maybe. It's a whole trickle-down effect, and it, and it affects the team from top to bottom. A couple guys that had good seasons, uh, you know, maybe slightly down seasons, but uh, Jeffrey Gunter, we've talked about him quite a bit. We didn't expect him to get the the senior bowl invite because, but I, I mean, I am a little surprised he ended up after two seasons where he put up good numbers at Coastal Carolina that he didn't get a bump. Um and you look at it, I mean, the last three seasons, he's been fairly similar. Uh, this year, he had a slight dip in tackles for loss, but he maintained his sack numbers. Uh, you know, five as a sophomore, six and a half as a junior last year, and then and the five and a half this year as a senior. The big thing for him was last year he had six forced fumbles. Uh, this year he only had two. So, yeah, I mean, and that's, that's we, tough to duplicate, yeah. Were you surprised to see that he didn't get a senior bowl call? Well, it, uh, I'm not sure that like, – are we sure that he didn't? I mean, I know – Yeah, that's uh, that's fair. And I, I'm I sure – you know, Jim Nagy said only a couple guys turned down the senior bowl, and uh, he, he named four guys, and Gunter wasn't one of them. So if we take Nagy at his word, which we, we have no reason not to, um, then maybe that's – the case and Gunter didn't get get the call but I think it's also a testament to the guys working the shrine game they had a set of goals this year they want they were they were going after certain players and as you see the guys were naming these are known players throughout college football uh, so that I think they did a good job pulling in the big names that they could granted it might have been some unfortunate circumstances that that uh, maybe that why they didn't get senior bowl invites as well but I know that uh, the Shrine guys worked really hard to get commitments from guys like this. And Gunter, Coastal Carolina was no high-profile program. But then in 2020, with the COVID situation, as one of the few teams that played every game that year and that had a, a run, went, went undefeated in the regular season, um, that puts a guy like Gunter on the map. And so when he, he came into the season, a lot of people, a lot of draft nicks, us included, we thought maybe is this the guy, is this the next Zavin Collins? You know, a guy who rose to prominence in his final year at, at Tulsa and ends up being a first round pick. And I'm not writing him off yet, Seth. I know he, your Cardinals only played him 20% of the snaps, but uh, we thought Gunter had that kind of capability. Now, maybe he doesn't have that quite that athleticism that Collins had. But this is going to be a good showcase for him because there's still a chance. I don't know how the timelines match up now because the games are so close together. But I, I feel like there's still a chance that if he plays well this week, they could um, – That it's, it's an interesting dynamic, right? In the past, you've seen people get called up 
the games are Thursday and Saturday. We're not going to see that this year. But we could see guys in the Shrine game get enough buzz off the Shrine Bowl performances to get into the second and third round this year. When you look at Gunter, he's not the only guy that produced well this year. Um, there's a couple of guys that get to show off some versatility. First one's uh, Tristan Ebner out of out of uh, Baylor. Baylor. Yeah, the 5'11", 215-pound running back. Averaged over five yards, five and a half, or just about five and a half yards per carry um, and over 10 yards per reception. He's a fifth-year guy. Um, I, I'd have to look. Well, it doesn't look like he was injured last year. It just looks like they didn't give him very many carries last year. Um, but when you look at when you look at Ebner, you know he's got a chance to really showcase his his versatility. We talked about these guys last week, right? Uh, when you talk about guys that can catch the ball so well out of the backfield. Yeah, and and not only that with Ebner, but he is a big-time return man, too. And I know that a lot of that's been taken out of the pro game, but there's still room for big-time kick returns. And Tristan Ebner was a guy who who ran back a few touchdowns in his time at Baylor. And you look at his athleticism, now he's up to, what did you say, 215? Yeah. So we'll see what the official weigh-in is, but he, he came into the opening at 188. And he was a wide receiver recruit. Um, modest vertical jump, 32.8 inches. But he ran a 4.4 flat at the opening. So the speed was there. And it still shows up on tape. And now he's got a, an opportunity at the Shrine Bowl where he can they can work him out at receiver. They can work him out on special teams. They can work him out at running back. You know, they're not going to do – They unfortunately, they don't do a lot of – they don't do a lot of special teams in the actual game itself. We won't get to see Ebner running back kicks. But trust me, go back, look at Baylor tape. This kid can really break it. And uh, he's got great speed in the open field. Receiving ability, running ability, good size. He's a sleeper. Uh, a guy who's probably going to go in the middle to late round three because running back's just always such a deep position and the, the way the NFL values the position. But think about that kid from uh, Iowa State last year, Kenny Nwangwo. He went in the fourth round, and he was primarily a special teams player at Iowa State. Ebner could be that kind of guy this year, I think. Hawaii has a interesting um, running back kind of scat back guy as well in Calvin Turner. Um, they list him at 5'11", 195, but... He put up ridiculous numbers in the receiving game. Um, when you look at it, he had 33 receptions for 546 yards and six touchdowns last year uh, in 2020. So last year as in last year. Um, 16 and a half yards per reception, which is absurd for a running back. And then this year he just followed it up by – having 73 receptions for 876 yards, 12 yards per reception. Um, and, and granted, he plays a lot of running back. He plays a lot of receiver. They'll line him up in the slot. Um, but the, the cool thing about about Turner is uh, 
I actually wrote this up in the bowl game preview. Unfortunately, their bowl game got canceled. Uh, but I wrote this up on Patreon. He played quarterback for two years in the FCS before he came to Hawaii. Well, I should say he played, I think, for three years in the FCS, but he started for two, rushed for, I think, over twelve or 1,300 yards each of those two years as a quarterback, and then came to Hawaii. So this is a guy who played quarterback, receiver, and running back. Yeah, so he's versatile. He's got a, you know, he's got some some skills, and he's put up really, really good numbers. Um, he he feels like a, a late round pick, right? Like he feels like a day three type of guy. Uh, he he returned kicks as well um, last year, over twenty seven yards. Yeah. Uh, this year, just under 22 yards per return. He he feels like a safe day, like late day three pick because of his versatility, because of his ability uh, with the ball in his hands that people are going to try and find a spot for him to be utilized. These are two players in, uh, in Turner and Ebner where I'm really excited to see what they're – what they do in the games. Because a lot of times when we talk about the All-Star games, we talk about how important the week of practice is. And that is what the scouts really focus on. But then you get into games, and uh, you have these players that can do that can play quarterback, can play running back, can play wide receiver. And you can work interesting wrinkles into your, into your game plan. And I think about the Senior Bowl last year with Demetric Felton, how they started to use him in the game. And Felton ends up going fifth round to Cleveland. They used him a little bit at receiver, a little bit running back this year in the NFL. So uh, these two players are the type of player players I would compare to Demetric Felton in terms of what maybe you can do with them in the game and what how they can showcase themselves for NFL scouts. And I, I think that it would be exciting to be able to see these guys in person. Unfortunately, it didn't line up for us this year, but hopefully next year we can make the trip out there a little earlier to catch uh, some of these guys in action. You got a hot take for us before we get out of here? I do, I do, and it's from our our good friend, our old friend. We we go way back, and it's uh, on Twitter, at ItMeSabotage. His Twitter name is SadToBad, and he had a good take for me to use this week. He said, forget blue chip. Are we even sure Tibbs is a top 10 pick? Of course, he's referring to Kayvon Thibodeau of Oregon. So, again, forget blue chip. Are we even sure Tibbs is a top 10 pick? Well, sir, I am 100% sure he is in this draft, but I don't think that's what he means. I think he means, talent-wise, is he worthy of a top 10 pick? What's your take, Seth? You know, when you look at this this class and you look at the names, um, I think Thibodeau's a guy that that comes in with a lot of hype that hasn't been fully realized yet. But I also see a guy that has spent a lot of time uh, – on the sideline. And that's to me kind of the most concerning aspect of it. But we'll see, you know, 
if he's able to continue to to produce. Um, and, you know, the biggest thing for him, I think, is he's got to show that, that the weight's not an issue. They list him at 258, I believe. Uh, he's got to show that, that he's, you know, going to be able to hold up in the NFL. Yeah, and, and you know, I think it's interesting. This comes on the heels, and I, I don't think this is why the take came out like this, but this comes off the heels of some interviews that Thibodeau did recently with Joel Klatt and TJ Hushmanzada. And I think a lot of people, it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. He basically said he picked Oregon over Alabama because of the Nike brand. Uh, he seemed very involved with, with his personal brand. He mentioned going up against Evan Neal at the opening in high school and, and saying how he dominated Evan Neal. And if you look at some of the highlights, it doesn't really appear to be true. So I think some of that, could impact his stock, but ultimately, I think this is a player he's going to measure out over 250. He's got the height, he's got the length. I think uh, you, you do see that, you know, maybe he didn't live up to his, his hype from a production standpoint, but the flashes are there. And I always look back to that game, I forget who they were playing, I think maybe Utah uh, early when he was a freshman. He absolutely took over that game late in the season playing defense on special teams, he can be dynamic. The question is, does he want to be? And the other question then becomes, will somebody take a pick on it, uh, take a chance on him in the top 10 anyway? I think the answer to that is yes, unless a picture uh, video comes up during the draft night of him taking a bong rip out of a gas mask or something like that. I mean, I think it's going to have to be something more than him being a little bit boastful on on an interview on Fox. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I know that rubs guys the wrong way, but, th- I mean, this guy's produced. He's been talented. The biggest thing is, like, staying on the field. That's what I mean yeah. for me. I agree with you. Thing. I mean, so he's a showboat. Like, who? how many NFL players could you say that about? You know, right. you think he's a little bit obnoxious? Yeah. That's pretty subjective. Um, is he a mercenary that he's only out for, for the brand, for the money? A lot of guys are like that too. And, uh, I, but it, it doesn't take away from their play in a lot of cases, you know? Right. And, and, and I mean, not to go back in time too much, but a guy similar in terms of hype and, and maybe the way he, he seemed off the field was Jadavian Clowney. Right now, Clowney was obviously a better athlete at his size, but um, Thibodeau was a much more productive college player. So, and and that's the thing is like I wouldn't say Clowney has been worth the first overall pick, but I wouldn't say he's a bust either. Right, like he's a guy that yeah he probably shouldn't have been the first overall pick and and. Maybe some of that personality trait, and to to your point of being a guy that you know was looking for big paydays, uh, should have been factored into things. But it's also never been an issue of his uh, showing up and playing hard when when he is right. on the field. Right. He signed a, a one year deal with Cleveland this year, and he he played very well. You know, I think he missed some time with 
I think he may have missed time with COVID or maybe a mild injury, some something like that. I can't recall off the top of my head, but uh, he played very well, and he's definitely a player they want to bring back. And that's he's a guy they really liked and who, who did well across from Miles Garrett. And, you know, both those guys have ability to line up inside, outside. I think you're going to see that from Thibodeau as well, where he can – they can put uh, the right team can put him over a guard and he's going to make a lot of plays. So I, uh, I love the hot take, but I strongly disagree. Anything else before we get out of here? Uh, no, thank just thanks to everybody who's out there listening, um, streaming, and downloading the show. Please continue, give us a five star review, subscribe, tell your friends. We're talking draft. We're talking Senior Bowl next week, and we'll have a Patreon show for you on this coming Thursday. Just two bucks a month, you get access to all the bonus episodes. Four bucks a month, you get access to everything else that we produce for the site. And right now, I think we've got over 120-some posts on the site. More to come. So uh, please check that out if you are into the NFL Draft. And if you are a fan of 49ers, Rams, uh, Bengals, or Bills, I, I mean, I'm sorry, Chiefs. Jeez, that game was so crazy. I couldn't remember who won. If you're a fan of one of those four teams, you can circle back to us in a few weeks after the Super Bowl. Yep, we'll be back later this week with our Patreon episode. Thanks for listening, as always. Have a good night, everybody. We need to do an outro at some point. Just something kind of... What I hear in other shows is where they're like, uh, you know... uh, Subscribe and give us a five-star review. Sign up for our Patreon. It's $2 a month for our bonus episodes, $4 a month for all additional content. Something like that. Yeah, we should work on something like that. That could be it right there. A read, yeah. That's it. (laughs) Exactly.